one constant through all the years, Ray, has been beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. The most well-known, the best-looking, the best-dressed. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is helping nothing. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. We would be honored if you would join us. Recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. It's Beyond the Game. Now here's your host, Benson, and those guys. Welcome to Beyond the Game. Brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call at 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We're honored that you have chosen to join us. You can interact with the show on Twitter, at BTG Program. If you have a thought, we'd love to hear it. Well, maybe, I guess, we'd love to hear it, depending on the perspective of said <laughs> thought. If it's negative, you can direct it at Darren. If it's positive, <laughs> you know, Zach or I would be glad to hear it. Perhaps you recall a few weeks ago when we told you that Sparky, the, um, the Arizona State University mascot, had sent a Tempe City Councilman to the hospital after leaping on his back during halftime of a game back in September. <laughs> I should say he sent him back to the hospital as the councilman had only gotten out of the hospital after recent back surgery in July a few <laughs> weeks earlier. This is September. Obviously, the mascot had no way to know this. But this past week, Councilman David Shapira filed an injury claim of over $123,000 against Ooh. the school. Oh, come on. The school had indeed issued an apology for what they called Sparky's excessive exuberance. And not certain what the delay was. Their apology came uh, a number of days. Shapira had already spent four days in the hospital. After the incident, though, the school had immediately offered to cover his mental, medical expenses. Per his claim, Shapira suffered a muscle tear as a result of the incident. In a week back. He's asking for $96,146 in damages for himself and another 27000 for the city of Tempe to cover the expenses related to his injuries. He did, however, he made a point to say that his relationship with Arizona State is still good. He has no intention to file a lawsuit. Oh, good for you. Well, this legal claim is necessary for our injury reimbursement, but I guess it's safe to say that old Sparky's days of playing piggyback are over. Oh, yeah. I need to get hurt somewhere. That's a lot of money. You know what, though? Props to him, because a lot of people in this situation, you see they... They sue for pain and suffering and emotional trauma or whatever, and he's not. He just wants money for his hospital stay. He's covering his expenses, and hospital bills are outrageous. They are. Doesn't he have insurance? Isn't that covering it? That's why you pay for it, isn't it? I don't know. I'm, I'm less involved in this situation than you might think. <laughs> <laughs> this, this seems like a scam to me. New Jersey Devils team owner Josh Harris who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers, parked his helicopter on a soccer field on which kids were supposed to be playing a youth <laughs> soccer match, <laughs> resulting in the cancellation of that match. According to Deadspin, a helicopter was parked waiting for Harris at the center of the soccer field. By the way, you can look this up on YouTube and there's video of the helicopter coming in and, and landing. 
Uh, it's set here center of the soccer field at St. Benedict's Prep School in Newark after a recent Devils game against the Canucks. The helicopter remained there waiting for Harris, delaying the game late enough to where the coaches eventually decided to cancel. So picture this. There's the coaches. They're all waiting. They're standing there waiting around. There's a helicopter in the middle of the field. The rich guy just parks his helicopter there? He's already in the game. Oh. And and they're waiting for him to get out. So people are just kind of, I don't know, warm up off to the side. You know, don't <laughs> kick the ball against the helicopter. Or uh, do. Don't get too close. Uh, or Harris, do. He has an agreement with the school to use this field. And regarding the game on Sunday, they're, they said they're, Apparently, there was some sort of miscommunication. Gee, you think? You <laughs> some think? sort of miscommunication. Okay. And to exasperate the problem, the, the Devils Connects game played to overtime, further delaying <laughs> Harris from returning to his chopper. Uh, did you wonder, kids. like, did they leave the pilot? Like, is he sitting there uncomfortably, like, for all this time? He's like, got to answer all the questions. He's got to deal there. with the soccer moms. Right. Can't you I just move the helicopter? Guy. I don't... I, listen, it's it's... Metro area, you know, I don't know where else you'd move There's it to. There's got to be all kinds of regulations, like yeah, I, flying near power lines. I don't and think stuff. helicopter parking spaces are just readily available. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a reason it was it's there. Not like you can just shift place. it into drive and roll a little ways away. When I read this story, the first thing that came to mind was in Mighty Ducks when the limousine drives out onto the <laughs> hockey ring. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was picturing. It's one of the greatest movies of all time, by yeah, the way. Yeah, of all the things you've had games canceled for, rain, you didn't have enough players, the refs didn't show, I've never had a game canceled because of a helicopter sitting on the middle of the field. It's just proof that if you're rich, you can do whatever you want. Remember that vicious hit Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Ricardo Laquette took in the game against the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, it tore up his neck. Yeah, after undergoing surgery and being released from Baylor University Hospital, Laquette and his parents traveled through an area of the city with a large homeless population, and he stepped up and did something about it, instructing the driver to head to McDonald's, where he bought a 100 cheeseburgers and passed them out, according to his father, Earl, all while still wearing the neck brace, of course. Earl Laquette is quoted by TMZ as saying, Some people knew who he was. But this was more about Ricardo seeing people who were in worse shape than him and wanting to help them however he could. That's nice. That's pretty great. Yeah. Remember the account in Matthew 25, Jesus talks of the parable, the sheep being separated from the goats. For I was hungry and you gave me food, verse 35. I was, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. That's kind of what, you know, it made me think. Here's somebody that is given food to the least of these, taking care of them. And uh, it just immediately made, made me think. And, of course, in that account, the people didn't even remember having ever fed the Lord. When? And then, of course, verse 30, the Matthew 25, the king answers, Truly I say, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So a great story. Speaking of McDonald's, apparently Laquette is not the only professional athlete to hit up the Golden Arches this week. Golden State Warrior second year forward Michael James Michael McAdoo stopped at McDonald's to buy the team breakfast. <laughs> so does this make McDonald's the real breakfast of champions, you think? The Golden State Warriors going to make you get what I'm going? I guess so. I, I told you guys before, here. if you do not here. laugh at my jokes, I will keep telling them until you do. Why don't you make them funny and then we will? <laughs> well that was funny. Mine was funny. A picture of the receipt totaling $112.13 made its way around social media this week. (laughs) 
First you know, off, I, I saw Were you supposed this. to laugh there, Zach? Was that what we were supposed to laugh? Uh, I thought it was funny. You know, but I think just because sound effects, and, and I won't even need you, Joe. <laughs> I thought it was funny because he fed an entire professional sports team for like $112, like, so it had to be McDonald's. For, I, I saw this on Twitter, but apparently this also made several news outlets. Is there nothing, nothing else going on in the world that news outlets are reporting on professional athletes who have breakfast at McDonald's? I mean, I realize we're talking about it, but we're hardly a reputable news source. And in fact, I don't know that we're a reputable anything. Because of you. But on Twitter, though, people were commenting about the nutritional value of McDonald's and how professional athletes make too much money to, to, to eat there. People are so stupid. <laughs> For why? If McDonald's is a type of career job that demands paying its employees $15 an hour as opposed oh, to the you just open a part-time my first job thing, why can't a high-priced athlete eat there? And secondly, who doesn't want to eat at McDonald's? McDonald's is awesome. It's awesome. It's always been awesome. And I know people are saying, oh, I don't eat at McDonald's. Maybe you won't admit it, but when no one's looking, you know you fly through the drive through <laughs> before anybody can see you. I do love me a McRib. Then there was others, uh, a comment section. You know, again, I know it's the cesspool of, of the Internet when you read the comments, but sometimes they are entertaining. I saw the article. I'm reading the comments, and they're getting on him and calling him cheap because he didn't leave a tip. It's McDonald's. You don't tip at McDonald's, yeah. man. Who leaves a tip at McDonald's? Okay, one more Mickey D's story. Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch love also it. stopped already at McDonald's. In Dallas, after their game with the Cowboys, Beast mode. an employee reportedly commented on his shoes, saying how nice they were, mentioning that he wanted to buy a pair. The two struck up a conversation where Lynch asked a 17-year-old what he wanted to do with his life, to which the employee said he liked fashion, wanted to run a boutique. Marshawn Lynch gave him 500 bucks to buy a pair of shoes and told him he wants to see him grow in life. Nice. A spokesperson with McDonald's said that Marshawn left a huge positive impact we know he loves the youth youth the youth <laughs> <laughs> the employee said uh the employee who benefited from lynch's generosity added that i i can do the same thing for someone else one day that's kind of a good story i like that coming up later on the program we'll be joined by bobby mccall head coach of the roberts wesleyan college women's soccer team who this week received their first ever bid in the ncaa d2 championship tournament We'll also be talking with Scott Reber. He's the men's coach at Roberts as they prepare to host a big game next Wednesday in the NCCAA Midwest Regional. Plus, we'll have some, we'll have Darren's unreasonable rant. We got stuff that frosts my fanny. I'll talk to you about the most awesome thing we saw this week, all coming up on this week's Beyond the Game. Folks, let me talk to you for just a second. You've heard us say time and time again on this show that our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, are the best. We'd say that even if they weren't giving us money. You know why? Because they are the best. Maybe we just wouldn't say it as often. Hey, have you seen all those stink bugs out there? Don't squish them. That's where they get their name. Are they bothering you? Call Town & Country. Are mice or other furry critters using your home as an escape for the upcoming cold? Call Town & Country. Do you have bed bugs? Do you know someone who does? Call Town & Country. Their team of extremely knowledgeable professionals will get the job done for you. They'll be in, they'll be out, and they'll inconvenience you a lot less than those pesky critters have been. Town & Country Pest Solutions guarantees their work. 
Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, they fear nothing but God. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. You can't touch this. I think you're you're on an MC Hammer kick, Zach. I, love I gave it. you I gave you all kinds of terrific mu- music, you know, off my. I've used eye. a bunch of it. Are you trying to say that MC Hammer isn't terrific? No, I'm, that's not my point. I mean, what I'm saying is, I gave Zach, and I, and I'm, my feelings are hurt a little bit. I'm like, here's all this great music from my day. And I hear none of it. None I got of it some of that in the queue the for show. today. Combine that with not laughing at his stupid jokes, and he's he's feeling a little hurt today. We're frosting his fanny a, a little bit, but you're you're going with MC Hammer here. <laughs> well, you know, not, I'm not complaining, not? Zach. Keep it going. Hey, can he do this? I saw a referee in a college football game last week between Toledo and Central Michigan. He actually stopped the game to instruct the band and the cheerleaders to stop making as much uh, to stop making so much noise during the snap. I don't think you can do that. There's no noise from the band or the cheerleaders to interrupt the snap. We set the play clock for 25 seconds. Well, apparently there is indeed a rule against it. While the referees rarely rarely enforce it. There's a rule regarding noise levels. Who knew? as it pertains to players, cheerleaders, or school bands. So I guess he can't do anything about the, about the fans. But if it's a cheerleader, if it's the players, it's a school band, whatever, they're not allowed to interfere with the team's ability to hear the signals. I had no idea. I am dead serious when I tell you this This is a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you can give a 15-yard penalty to the band? He warned the cheerleaders and the band. <laughs> and... If they if they don't follow if they don't follow the instructions he can give them, he can assess a fifteen yard penalty. What if said band goes up into the stands and just makes a bunch of noise? They're going to stand out. I think he's going to see who. Why it is. are you? Why are you the guy that always looks for a loophole to break <laughs> the rules? I have no comment. Just cooperate. No, but this is a dumb rule. That's part of the home home field advantage. Well, I guess obviously there's limitations on that. Bobby McCall is the head coach of the women's soccer team at Roberts Wesleyan College, and he joins us once again on the BTG studio line. Nice to talk with you again, Bobby. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Rick. The team is 12-5-2, earning the team's very first ever trip to the NCAA D2 championship tournament. Congratulations on a very successful season. You must be very pleased and proud of these girls. Yeah, I am. I am. We set our goal way back in January. as we went into the off season, that the girls wanted to make the national tournament. Um, ever since we made the transition to E2, that's kind of been the goal for them. And we knew what we had to do. We knew that it was going to take a lot of work um, from that point onwards. And the girls have really committed to it um, throughout the off season, throughout the summer, and then into the fall season. They've, they've really worked hard. They've really come together as a team, which is great. 
Um, we have quite a few new players this year, but everybody kind of got on board with what we want to do. And, um, yeah, I mean, all the credit to go to them. We've, we've had, we've been, you know, we've had some games where we've been behind this year. We've had some games where we've been winning, and, and we always, the girls always seem to find a way to, to kind of fight through, and, and we don't really know when they're beat. So, um, I'm just really happy for them, and, and they're excited to get to experience the national tournament. Now, as I understand, this is just the fourth Roberts team to participate in an NCAA postseason championship. This also makes four straight winning seasons for you. What has been the key to the program's success, and really for this season's team in particular? Yeah, I mean, I think I was fortunate when I came in to inherit a good group. And, um, you know, over the three years that I've been here, um, we've been able to add um, the type of recruits that we want, um, both, you know, the type of player and, and the type of person. Uh, I think with our team, uh, the team is really close um, off the field also, and we put a big emphasis on what they're doing together off the field and, and just building those relationships. And over the three years that I've been here, we've kind of seen just how that's translated onto the field. Um, so we're a close group. Um, the girls get along well with each other. Um, they're all very competitive and they want to win, um, but they all um, enjoy hanging out with each other off the field. So I think that's been really important as we've tried to build the program and, and get it to this point. Well, it seems like you're doing a good job. And as you head for Bridgeport, Connecticut, as the number four seed in your bracket, you're playing LIU Post on Friday afternoon. So, in fact, by the time this interview airs, that game will have been determined. You just played LIU in the ECC semis last week. You won an extra time, 3-2. to two. Though earlier in the season, they snuck past you 2-1, to one, but they needed two overtime periods for the win. So, after two closely contested contests, what are you expecting this time around, and is there anything different you plan to show them? You know, I think it's going to be another close game. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Having both played each other twice, I think we kind of we know their strengths. Um, we know what we need to do to stop them. We know how we want to play against them. Um, you know, we've learned from some of our mistakes, and, you know, we've also learned from where we've had success. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we we always talk about um, ways that we can improve on the last game and the last time we played them. So our style of play is we want to keep it the same. We want to focus on playing to our strengths. We want to focus on trying to get to the level that we know we can play at because we believe if, if we play the way that we want to and we play our style and kind of impose ourselves on the opponent, then that's going to give us the best chance to win. So uh, we'll go out and, and play it the way we played you know, every other game. Um, we know it's going to be a tough one. We know we're going to have to be ready. So um, for us, it's just a case of making sure that the girls uh, show up. And, and if they do, we, we know we've got a chance. We're talking with Bobby McCall, head women's soccer coach at Roberts Wesleyan College. As I said a little while ago, this is just the fourth Roberts team to participate in an NCAA postseason championship. You joined both the men's and women's cross-country teams in 2014 and the men's golf team this past spring. Is there a different focus on campus that has translated into this kind of recent success for the athletic department as a whole? Yeah, I think now that we are officially members of NCAA Division II and, and we're now in our second year where we can qualify for postseason, um, I think it's the goal of the department to try to, to make our teams competitive to where we can be going to the national tournament on a regular basis. You know, that's not our only goal. 
we actually, this college just found out today that we're one of, um, I want to say, 25 to 30 schools that have a 90% graduation rate for their athletes in Division Two. Wow, congratulations. Um, so that's another great achievement. So there's definitely an emphasis on what we're doing in the classroom with the athletes, um, but also we want to set the bar you know, really high and, and see if we can get our teams to the national tournament. That's, that's our ultimate goal on the field. Let's talk about your girls for a moment. Five of them were named to ECC all-conference teams, two receiving first-team honors, including Bella Matrevsky, who was also named Offensive Player of the Year after scoring 18 goals. There were two more getting second-team nods and one more getting a third. Can you talk a little bit about the individual success of these players and the leadership on your Red Hawks team? Yeah, we've, uh, we're really pleased for the girls to get the individual recognition. I think they all realize that. Um, they wouldn't get it um, if it wasn't for the overall success of the team. Um, but, yeah, we have had a few girls that have had standout years, and, and Bella to score 18 goals. Um, as a junior now, she's really um, become a leader on this team. She's a captain. Um, our other first-team all-conference player was Heaven Palamatia. Um, both Rochester girls both spent some time at Aquinas. And they've, they've, really, um, they've really led on and off the field. Um, our girls that made it to the second and third team, we have another senior, Brittany Houghton, who is coming back from our second ACL here. So she's really had to fight hard to get back on the field and, and has had a fantastic year. And another uh, senior who has, has led, as we have quite a young team, and is kind of led by example on the field. Um, our two sophomores that made it to the second and third team um, had great years last year, and it's just good for them to, to get a lot of that recognition this year. You only have four seniors on the roster, so it would seem as though the team is set up for a strong run even beyond this year's tournament team. Mitrevsky is a junior, so she'll be back. You have Taylor Fletcher, Samantha Moreno, who are both sophomores who received all-conference teams awards. But are there others you will be counting on for increased leadership roles down the road? Yeah, I mean, we have we have a very good junior and sophomore class. Um, made up of players that are contributing regularly on the field. Um, the juniors know that as they um, step up seniors next season, um, there'll be a little bit more responsibility on them. Um, but they're already showing the leadership qualities that we're looking for. And, and to get to the NCAA tournament this year is great because um, you know that will be what's communicated to the incoming freshmen from all the upperclassmen next year is that you know, we can make it to the NCAA tournament, and um, that's our expectation. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, I don't want to look too far ahead, but um, we'll definitely miss the senior group. They provided a lot of leadership both on and off the field, but we do have a good sophomore and junior class that we feel um, can step up and take some more responsibility next year. Once again, Bobby McCall joins us here on Beyond the Game, head coach of the NCAA D2 tournament-bound women's soccer team from Roberts Wesleyan College. Bobby, what about the spiritual temperature of this team? I know it can be difficult for young people to balance academics, athletics, and faith. How are your girls keeping a positive approach to their walk with the Lord? Yeah, I mean, it is, it, like you said, it is a very busy time of year, and, and a big part of what we're doing is, is trying to keep the girls from getting too overwhelmed with, uh, with soccer and with schoolwork and everything. Um, you know, we have, we have a real mixed group on our team of, um, girls that have come to Roberts, you know, because we want that Christian environment. And then we have a lot of girls that have come for, for other 
organic or whether that's soccer. Throughout the season, um, I'm fortunate enough to have my wife as an assistant coach, and she has taken the lead um, when it comes to um, just the spiritual aspect of what we're doing with the girls. She spent um, five or six weeks where the girls get together once a week to talk about the core values of our team and, and just kind of what the Bible says about that. So that, I think, has been really good. Um, I think it's been great because it's something that everybody can relate to, and, you know, whether it's the, the strong Christians on our team or whether it's the girls who are just trying to figure things out. I think, too, we have some good leadership on our team um, with some strong Christian girls that have had a real positive influence on the rest of the team. And, and you know, it's our goal for all the girls that come through to, to be challenged and, and to ask questions and, you know, what it means to be a Christian and, and to hopefully, during that time, hopefully God will work in their lives. And, and when they leave Roberts, you know, they'll leave with a positive experience and hopefully they'll leave changed. Bobby, I know you got a big game coming up. You're anxious to get back on the field and, and training. But before you get back to work, is there anything we can pray for you? Um, yeah, I mean, just like I said, it's a very busy time for the girls. And, um, you know, we're really excited about being at the NCAA tournament. But they, they have a lot going on um, with school. Um, so just that they would be able to manage that and at the same time um, just be able to um, take it all in and enjoy the experience. Um, and obviously, just for safety, as we're we're traveling back and forth, we're going to be heading back to Rochester, hopefully on Sunday, um, and not before. So if you could just pray for safety as we travel too, that would be great. We've been talking with Bobby McCall, head coach of the women's soccer team at Roberts Wesleyan College. I want to thank you for joining us, my friend, and we wish you all the best in this weekend's tournament. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate you having me on. You know, that's kind of a big deal. Roberts Wesleyan right here just up the road playing for a D2 national championship, yeah. NCAAs. You know what I like what he also said in that interview, that his wife is um, coaching with him? I think that is cool. I, I like that. I think that's great. They're there together, and obviously being the women's soccer team, she's there uh, can offer a lot of help. So You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Don't miss the annual Race with Grace 10K on Thanksgiving morning. The Race with Grace 10K is a USA track and field certified road race established in 1991 and benefits Cure Childhood Cancer Association. The race begins at 9 a.m. Thanksgiving morning in front of First Bible Baptist Church on Manitou Road in Hilton and follows a flat, fast course that encompasses Latta, Manitou, North Greece, and Frisbee Hill Roads. Pre-registration is $20. The entry fee includes a technical long sleeve t-shirt, plenty of food and refreshments, complete computerized race results, available online and if you're in the right place at the right time a finishing photo awards are given to the top male and female finishers in the open masters veterans and seniors categories as well as the top 10 percent in each of the 31 age groups the race with grace 10k is the final race of the rochester runner of the year series and attracted over 1200 runners last year run the race with grace 10k this thanksgiving morning and help benefit the Cure Childhood Cancer Association. For more information, visit gandtathletics.com. That's gandtathletics.com or call 392-0777. This is why you can't say anything to your producer.
Yeah, I was getting on Zach because I, I gave him all these this great music. I said, you never picked any of my stuff. I just want to say publicly, that was not one of my things. So, Wise. Uh, Zach. You, you guys should have seen Benson. He was, he was moving to that song a little bit. He even asked me to slow dance, but I turned him down. Why isn't this an awkward moment? I think it was probably 10 years ago when Zach and I first started talking about the idea of a sports talk radio show that would would have a Christian perspective on things. We thought it'd be fun, might even be interesting. We knew it would challenge us to look at sports differently, to apply our faith, where oftentimes the two subjects are compartmentalized separately. You know, you often talk about sports or you talk about faith, but you're watching a game, you don't always think about it in terms of your Christian faith. At least, At least I didn't, and this was going to be a challenge for us. We revisit the idea from time to time and until about two years ago. So I guess that was about eight years. We just kind of kicked it around, kicked it around, didn't do much with it. It was two years ago. Right about this time, we started getting really serious about it. Got kind of, I guess we just got tired of just talking about what if and decided to go at it. And sink or swim, we would have fun. And if nobody else in the world enjoy it, we knew we would. Pastor Shane was one of the first guys we shared the idea with. And while we anticipated his laughing at us, his response was really overwhelmingly positive and supportive. And then Darren came about, and he too supported the idea, and he's a moron. He actually wanted to be involved. He wanted to be involved in whatever capacity. He just wanted to be a part of seeing what could come of it. Of course, as I look back now, he probably just wanted a front row seat to the crash. Well, a few months later, we hit the air. It's about a year and a half ago, a little, little bit more. We wanted to strike a balance so that the program was not so heavily tilted to spiritual content that it came across as a preaching program. We wanted those who did not necessarily have a faith in Christ, that we wanted them to listen as well and enjoy the program. And who knows, maybe they would hear something which caused them to consider God in a way they never had before. But we also wanted to be faithful to why we were doing this in the first place. We wanted to give faith-based audiences a program that mixed sports and faith. It's a unique market. There are very, very, very few shows nationwide doing what we're doing. Well, several months after we hit the air, we were presented with an opportunity to move to 105.5, the team, and its three local radio stations. And I'll tell you, we couldn't be more pleased. We saw God's hand in that in a number of ways. We won't necessarily go into them here. We never set out to be world changers or major media stars. That was never the end game. It wasn't to translate into a job or, or to use this as a jump-off point. It was just to have a little fun and to mix sports and faith and, who knows, maybe encourage somebody. We never claimed that this program was anything more than what it is. And yet, from day one, believe it or not, we've been mocked. We've been accused of this thing or that thing. We've been scoffed, excused, dismissed. And yeah, sometimes sometimes people can be cruel, and, and it did hurt. I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't lose any sleep over it. I didn't dwell on it, but it did hurt some. But that that's not my point. That's not where I'm going with all this. But when even those within your common circles don't even care apart from labeling your efforts as foolish and silly, and, and they might be right, but aren't fellow believers in Christ supposed to be encouraging? To tell you the truth, we haven't come across that as much as I would have liked. Well, all that said, we persisted, because at the end of the day, 
there were only two that we wanted to please, God and ourselves. But then, of course, we knew that we could all count on our moms to love the show. They're always the biggest fans. And to tell you the truth, we have had fun, and we've been pleased. There have been a number of faithful fans who enjoy the program and have offered a great amount of encouragement. There's been a sponsor. We have a terrific title sponsor. They've made the whole thing possible and have supported us each and every step of the way. There's been those who, here, right here at the team, who have been so wonderful to work with and have also been a surprising source of encouragement to all of you. We can't express enough how thankful we are. But we believe God has been pleased because he has chosen to bless this labor. Our goal with each program is to have him guide our words, our discussions, and to be glorified by why he, by what he enables us to do. For we do it for no other reason but to honor our Lord and Savior. We've been up against it financially a few times, and yet always God provides for our needs. We believe it's because he's been pleased. And we know that when the word of God and its principles are shared, it's never in vain. God promises in Isaiah 55:11, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, and it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So when we're asked, how it's go- how's, how's it going? We may never really know until we're in heaven with him. Occasionally, we do hear from a listener. Some is negative, but honestly, most of it's been positive. And most people, when they comment, they're going to give you the negative. If they're going to comment on an online article or on a radio program, they're going to, they're going to throw the garbage at you. They're not going to necessarily give you all the positive. We appreciate those who've let us know that a segment's spoken to them, encouraged them, or challenged them. So where am I going with all this? No, for you haters out there, we're not hanging it up. In fact, quite the contrary. We've been presented with opportunities to air this program on additional stations in new markets. What that means to me is that more people will hear when we talk about Jesus. And that's what matters most. As we consider these possibilities, We ran some numbers for our podcast. I want to share them with you. Keep in mind, though, that I'm not telling you this for our glory, but we tell you this for God's glory. We want to take a moment and praise him for all that he has seen fit to do with guys like us. On Saturday, November 7th, we aired what was our 70th broadcast. Thanks again to all of you who have supported us over the first year and a half of the program. Whether you've prayed for us, help spread the word, donate it, advertise, whatever it is, we appreciate all that you've done to be part of this ministry of sharing Jesus through Sports Talk Radio. Without doing really much advertising or much promotion, really only using the help of social media and and people like you, God has allowed us to broadcast on three stations in the Rochester, New York area each week without any hindrance or resistance due to our faith-based content. And presented us with opportunities to be on even more. He's allowed us to move into and and record in our own personal studio space, provided all the necessary equipment. In addition to the open-air radio broadcast, which reached countless thousands of people, the podcast has been averaging 48 listens a week, a number that, by the way, has been growing. Now, that number may not seem to be much to you, but consider that, as I said, That's without advertising. That's without much promotion. It means that nearly 50 people each week are either having the program sent directly to one of their devices or they're going to the Internet 
to hear it. They are investing an effort to hear the program. And what I think is the most remarkable thing, the program has now been played in 27 different countries, including a number where much of what we talk about is prohibited. So we'd like to invite you to join with us as we throw it in the face of all those who scoffed and dismissed us. I'm kidding, of course. But I do want to invite you to join with us as we praise and give thanks to God for his blessing. This program is not possible based on the available talent in this studio. It is truly a work of God. But I also want to ask you to pray with us as we look to the new markets, as the calendars change to 2016. Specifically, we're asking that you would pray for God's direction. Perhaps you could even spare a moment right now. Lift us up in prayer. We covet your prayers. We also want to mention these other prayer requests. Please pray that God's blessing on the content of each of these programs, as with most any radio program, the hearers are mainly anonymous and faceless, but God knows who they are, and he is able to use the show for his purpose and ultimately for his glory. Secondly, we're going to need additional sponsors and advertisers in these new markets, as as well as in the Rochester area. Please pray that they would be led to us or, or God would lead us to them. And finally, please pray that God would send us 30 new monthly supporters at $30 a month for one year. Oh, yeah, here they go. They're going to talk about money. We rarely do this. But we are calling this our 30 at 30 campaign. We won't do it for very long. While we do have advertisers on our program, this show is mostly listener-supported. We're asking God to provide 30 supporters at $30 a month for just one year. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, You can make a pledge there, or perhaps just give a one-time gift. And while you're lifting us up in prayer, perhaps ask God if he would have you be one of those 30 supporters for one year. Thanks to all of you for your support. It's been a fun ride. We're very, very much looking forward to what God will do down the road. We really just wanted to take this moment to say we could use your support. We thank you for the support you've given, and bless God. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've been able to do. And thanks to our title sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com.
Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. I'm all riled up today thanks to our Attorney General, Eric Schneiderman. This tool has decided that DraftKings and FanDuel are gambling, not fantasy, and therefore they are illegal in the state of New York. This is the most blatant, hypocritical move I have ever seen, but it's not surprising. Schneiderman used the LLC loophole, a loophole he said should be closed, but not before benefiting from it in his own campaign. The New York State Lottery lines his pockets. New York State casinos do as well, but DraftKings and FanDuel, they make money for themselves, so therefore, they gotta be stopped. They aren't sharing the wealth. No one can capitalize on our sports craze society unless they are making people like Schneiderman richer first. Not to mention that FanDuel's corporate headquarters are located in New York. You really think they're going to continue to operate in a state they're not allowed to be played in? So there goes some more New York jobs right out the door because of Schneiderman's hypocritical interpretation of the law. Bravo, you moron. Bravo. Let's all stand to clap for a dude that made a huge issue out of nothing. All because he wasn't benefiting from it. Worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. I actually agree with something you said in a rant, and I'm not sure how that makes me feel. Yeah, I don't think it was really all that unreasonable. I was just pointing out how unreasonable Schneiderman is, really. I'm on board. You guys are a couple of idiots. <laughs> Schneiderman's an idiot. If you were watching the game between the Carolina Panthers and the Green Bay Packers, then you probably saw the TD by Cam Newton where Packers defensive end Julius Peppers grabbed the ball away from Newton. What was that about anyway? Yeah, what was going on there? He I mean, went, I'll get off my lawn. I mean, what, what is he thinking there? Even if you are trying to intimidate an opponent, or even if you're a disgruntled former member of the Panthers, and I'm sure he's both, <laughs> you know that Newton gives the ball to a young fan in the stands after every touchdown, so don't be a jerk. But what's interesting about this occasion is while Newton usually goes somewhere around the middle of the end zone, because Pepper's being a bit of a clown and taking the ball and tossing it off to the side, Newton had to go retrieve the ball, ended up being near the sideline stands, which is where six-year-old Colin Toller happened to be sitting. And it was Colin who got the ball from Cam Newton. Now, Colin, as it turns out, was at his first NFL game, brought there by his grandfather to make good on a promise made by Colin's dad. His dad, Benjamin Toller, died of a heart condition on September 30th. He was oh, just 32 oh, years old. Oh, Colin's grandmother is quoted by ESPN saying that the people in that area said they'd never known Cam to run in that direction to give a football to a child. And to make the story even more interesting, Peppers, prior to being drafted by the Panthers, played basketball and football for North Carolina. Colin's father, Ben, and his brother were standing near the exit to the court when Peppers tossed their wristband, his wristbands to them after a game. The grandmother said of Peppers, he's really not as bad a person as perceived, but because Peppers threw that ball off to the side, Colin got it at his first NFL game, whose father just passed away. That's crazy. Yeah, it kind of worked out real nice. And now it's time for the most awesome thing I saw this week. Everything is awesome. Yes! That's awesome! 
Here's another good guy story to encourage you. University of Alabama at Birmingham was struggling to cover the full cost of attendance for its student-athletes this year. So men's basketball coach Jared Haas reached into his own pocket and picked up the tab for all the players' stipends, not just for the men, but also for the women's basketball teams. According to reports, Haas and his wife donated a total of $46,000, giving $23,000 to each program. He didn't want to talk about the story, but after many rumors circulated, he reluctantly admitted that it was he and his wife who made the donation. Some have, as people will do, dismissed his generosity because he gets paid quite well by the school. Uh, Of course. Shame on you. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Why do people have to tear other people down just to feel better about themselves? The donation was equivalent to about 5% of a salary. And while I don't know for certain, I doubt very much this is the only charitable contribution he's made. If you have a giving heart, it's not typically a one-time thing. But for all those dismissing his donation as nothing because he makes so much money, let me ask you to who you have donated 5% of your salary to. I mean, let's, if you make, let's just say you make 40 grand a year, that'd be $2,000, right? 5%? Mm-hmm. Who have you given two grand to? If you haven't, and yet you were throwing cold water at this guy, we will gladly accept your donation here. <laughs> Here's a proverb for you. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Scott Reber is the men's soccer coach at Roberts Wesleyan College. He joins us now on the BTG studio line. Thanks, Scott, for coming on with us. Sure, happy to be here. This is your first season as head coach. You played at Roberts and enjoyed success. You were successful as an assistant coach, and now another successful season, this time as head coach. As you look back on the season, was the transition to head coach about what you expected, or was it maybe easier or possibly even harder? You know, overall, I would say it's probably as I expected it. Um, you know, I've been around a lot of great people, both as a player and, and later on as a coach. And I feel like I've been well prepared to take over as head coach here, Roberts. Um, it hasn't gone without some challenges, of course, but that's just part of it. But overall, it's been a great experience, and I look forward to being a part of this great program for years to come. Your team stands at 9-6-2. and two. You're on a three-game winning streak heading into a big game next Wednesday night right here in Rochester at, at Roberts in the NCCAA Midwest Regional against Lancaster Bible College. Obviously, a win is important. It moves you into the regional finals. But is there any added significance to get to double-digit wins for you? You know, I'm not sure if there's any added significance, uh, but certainly any coach or player would like to have double-digit wins. You know, we try not to, to let our record kind of define us, um, but I know to, to get into the, the 10 plus wins column would be uh, certainly a goal of ours. Um, and I know it's a, a very difficult thing to do given the challenging uh, conference that, uh, that we play in uh, every year. So, so that would be uh, kind of a nice thing for the guys to accomplish. Now, you're the number two seed heading into the game against Lancaster. If you win this, you move on to the regional finals with a win there on Saturday, moving you into the championship tournament. How special would it be to go back to that tournament for the second year in a row? Well, I'll tell you, that that tournament is something special. Um, You know, I've been uh, once as a player. I've been several times as a coach. 
and uh, several times even as a parent watching my own kids play. And uh, it's kind of a unique situation because, uh, you know, you go down there and, and you're, you're playing another team and you're on opposite sides and you're battling one another. And then the following day, you're standing next to those players uh, doing some kind of service project. And it's just kind of a nice reminder that you're part of something much bigger. Uh, it's not just about the game. And, uh, you know, you're part of something much bigger, much more important. And for a lot of these guys, it's kind of a unique uh, perspective. And, it's, and it can be life-changing for a lot of these young men. This team has been involved in so many so many tight games. None of your losses this season were more than more by more than one goal. Does playing so many tight games help you as a team, or does it wear on a player emotionally? Well, you know what? I think I think overall it's probably helped us. Um, you know, we've we've been in a lot of situations where uh, you know things haven't quite gone our way, and we've gotten behind uh, our opponent. And uh, you know, one of the themes that we've kind of stuck with all year is we want to finish stronger than we start. And that's certainly, you know, reflective of our, our last win streak here with three in a row at the end of the season. But we also look at, uh, you know, smaller pieces and, you know, the, the half of each game and each game uh, as a whole. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it gives us extra confidence, but I do know that, you know, when the team goes down by a goal or even two, we don't see an awful lot of panic out there in the field because our goal is to finish stronger than we start. And uh, we've done it before, and the guys have confidence in their ability and, and our and our game uh, strategy and uh, our tactics, and uh, they have confidence that they can uh, they can actually finish stronger than they're starting. So I think overall it's probably helped us. You know, most of your wins were also of the one goal variety, but there's also mixed in there three blowout victories: a six-one, a seven-nil, an eight-one. So the potential is clearly there for an offensive outburst any night. What do you expect Wednesday against LBC, and can you can you get the offense rolling as it did in those three wins? Well, certainly we're expecting a good game out of uh, Lancaster Bible. I mean, they're a quality side, and they've had a very good season. Um, but we certainly hoping to uh, are hoping to open it up offensively. Um, you know, this is one of the most dangerous teams that I've been around in recent history at Roberts, and uh, you know, just one of the statistics that I uh, recently come across is fifteen of our guys. Uh, have got either a goal or an assist um, on the year. And, you know, it, it kind of speaks to uh, something that, again, we've tried to focus on, and that is uh, good team soccer rather than focusing on individuals. Um, and I think that because of that, the guys have really bought into that, it's allowed us to really, really open up things offensively because it doesn't matter who's out there in the field. We all have a system and uh, know what to do and our responsibilities uh, given the chance to, to be out there. So certainly we hope to uh, hope to open it up a bit, but you know at the end of the day, like I said uh, before, we're you know we hope to finish stronger than we start, and uh, as long as we uh, continue to do what we do and do it well, uh, you know we have every confidence in the world that uh, that we'll uh, take care of business. We're talking with Scott Reber, head coach of the men's soccer team at Roberts Wesleyan College. As with the women, the men's team is a fairly young team. You have five seniors on the roster. Two of your juniors received all-conference recognition, and I know you just talked about the team playing as a whole together, but can you share with us a little of what the individual success of these players has meant to the overall performance of the team? Sure. Yeah, both both Malcolm and uh, Kenny received uh, all-conference awards this year. Uh, Malcolm has done a great job for us uh, at forward. He's, uh, I think he's right now at 23 points with 10 goals. 
Um, and he's really done a fantastic job for us uh, on the offensive side of things. And Kenny has kind of anchored our, our back line. Uh, you know, we play with three in the back, so that's been a bit of a challenge. And, and he's just been a consistent day in and day out. But I think that uh, even if you were to ask the, the two of them, um, they would actually say that, um, you know, they, that they've had a good season. But uh, a lot of their success is due in large part because the guys around them. Um, and that's not to, to take anything away from, from their special season because, you know, they've, they've played fantastic all year long. Um, but, you know, we've had a lot of other guys that have really, really had some special seasons uh, and just unfortunately haven't been recognized uh, with the same type of awards. Now, Kenny's got to be waiting for this season to end. Of course, he wants to end on a good note because he has played an unbelievable amount of minutes. Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, and we've had a few guys like that, you know, that, you know, fortunately have stayed healthy throughout the season and, and really performed very consistently day in, day out. Again, we're talking with Scott Reber. He's the head coach of the men's soccer team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Scott, can you share with us a little bit about your faith story, how and when you became a believer in Christ? Sure. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a Christian family and, um, you know, I'm sure as a, as a young kid, I probably accepted Christ as my savior. Uh, at some point, I don't really remember when, to be honest, but I just kind of fell into a routine. I mean, we just, you know, we did the, we went to church and we went to Sunday school and we prayed before our dinners and, you know, we just kind of fell in that routine. And, um, I kind of walked away from my faith, uh, during high school and then through college. And, and it wasn't until I became a, you know, a young adult raising my own young family that I kind of circled back and, uh, rededicated my life to Christ and, and, uh, had my, you know, adopted the faith of my own. And it wasn't just a routine and it wasn't just a tradition. It was, it was something that was personal that, that belonged to me, so to speak. He's Scott Reber, head coach, Roberts Wesleyan College men's soccer team. How can we pray for you, Scott? Well, I, I guess the, the biggest thing is, you know, I, I, uh, I look for wisdom, um, because I interact with 20 plus, uh, young men and that I, I just hope and I pray that I say and do the right things. Uh, to make learning and, and serving the Lord attractive. Uh, some of these young men have, have a very strong, uh, faith, while others are fairly new. And, um, you know, we try to, to, um, kind of go back and forth between both environments. And at the end of the day, um, while we're here to, to learn about, you know, a sport that we all love and, and, and work so hard towards, but we also have to recognize that we're part of something much larger. And uh, this is uh, kind of a calling for me. Uh, this is something that I've done for a long time on the side, and I've decided to, to uh, pursue this full-time. And uh, this is kind of my little mission field. So I guess overall, probably wisdom. Thanks again, Coach, for spending time with us, and wish you all the best Wednesday night in a big game against Lancaster Bible College. Hopefully we can talk maybe next week as you prepare for a finals match on Saturday. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on. Once again, that's Scott Reber, head coach of the men's soccer team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Big game next Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. Go out and support your Red Hawks as they take on Lancaster Bible College in a NCCAA Midwest Regional game. Winner advancing to the finals on Saturday. Kind of a good week for Roberts Wesleyan soccer teams. They're really doing something special there with their athletic department. Yeah, it's a big year for them. Beyond the Games brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. At the end of each program, we go around the room and give our Pest of the Week. And for me, my Pest of the Week is 
American League managers and coaches and whoever it was responsible for giving Yoenis Cespedes a gold glove. He spent, he was traded to the National League in July. He only <laughs> spent the, what, two thirds of the season yeah. in the American League. There's nobody else. There isn't a Brett Gardner, and I almost didn't say that because it makes it sound like, you know, a homer pick, but come on, you're my pest of the week because Yuena Cespedes didn't play enough in the American League to get the M. Not taking anything away. He's a terrific outfielder. He's a great defender. He probably deserves a gold glove, but not in the league. He only played two thirds. I agree. Uh, my pest of the week is the family that's all upset over Cam Newton destroying their Packers sign. You people went into his house. He was just protecting it. And now you're trying to say that sign cost you $500? Those must have been some really expensive crayons you used. Get out of here, you crybaby scam artist. Stop looking for an easy payout. My pest of the week, the oversensitive, opportunistic Packers family. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> My pest of the week is former NHL goaltender Peter Budai, now in the AHL. He tweeted this week, I would like to apologize to my wife for talking to other women while she was pregnant. Hashtag, I am so sorry. Hashtag, please forgive me. We're all married fathers here, so I think we all understand that pregnant women are overly sensitive. A little bit. And you should A, just say yes, dear, never poke the bear. But B, <laughs> if you're going to poke the bear, never, ever do it on a public forum like Twitter. Let's just hope Peter Budai survived to laugh about this someday. Hey, also... Don't don't say anything about poking the bear when your wife is pregnant. Cause she can't come back. Ooh, you call me fat. Do you you know better than that, Zach? Come on. Well, yeah, that's why I'm doing it here, not at home. <laughs> you know, you talk about that sign thing really bugging you. Let me let me tell you something that really frosted my fanny this week. You know what frosts my fanny? You watch your language. Did that totally frost your fanny? Get off my lawn. Man, that'll frost your fanny. If your life had a face, I would punch it. That really frosts my fanny. Easy, compadre. Did I just frost your fanny? As a matter of fact, you did. We were getting our car service this week, and I walked in. Never fun. There's six guys standing there, and they're all looking at me. Nobody says hello. Nobody says, can I help you? (laughs) I don't know which guy to go to, but they're all standing there. And this has happened a number of times where you walk in, there's just three or four salespeople there or three or four whatever. Obviously, it wasn't the sales department because they'd be rolling all up on you. This was the service department. (laughs) But it's happened in retail stores. If somebody walks in, isn't it just polite to greet them? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm laughing because this happened to me the other day, and I complained about it, same way you are. And Mandy told me that was a very old person thing to do and to just shut up and go go into the store and find what I was looking for. No, it's polite manners. You just, I agree with you. You leave me standing there Maybe I'm getting know, old. wondering where to go. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. want to thank you for being with us this week on Beyond the Game. Let us hear from you at BTG Program on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Remember this Wednesday night. If you're looking for a fun thing to do with your family, head out to Roberts Wesleyan College. Support the men's soccer team as they host an NCCAA Midwest Regional Game against Lancaster Bible College. Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or give them a call, 585-426-5024, 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. As always, thanks for listening to Beyond the Game.